It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I'm your host, as always, Zach Hicks. You can find my work on Breaking Football and the Breaking the Draft podcast with my co-host, Jonathan Valencia. I'm joined today by Kagan Cantrell of Breaking Football to talk some running backs here. And you know, you know, you guys know that running back is a huge need for the Redskins this offseason, albeit through free agency, draft, anything. We need new running backs. So Kagan's here to talk all things running backs with us. How's it going, Kagan? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, Zach. It's uh, definitely a pleasure a pleasure to be on here and uh, chop up some running backs with you guys. Hopefully we can talk about some guys that can fit well for the Redskins. Yeah, of course, man. And, you know, I'm not going to ask you direct, like, scheme fits with the Redskins because I don't expect you to be super well-versed with everything the Redskins do. But let's go into some free agency talk here. Now, again, I'm not going to ask for the perfect scheme fit, anything like that. Just I want your general opinion on some of these free agent running backs. So I think the top guy who is a free agent running back who, again, we're not going to count Le'Veon Bell just because I don't think he hits free agency. And also, I don't think he's affordable for just about any team. He's going to want a lot of money. Redskins fans, please, please don't come at me with questions about Le'Veon Bell. We are not getting Le'Veon Bell, and even if we were, it would cost more than Kirk Cousins or around Kirk Cousins. So, no, we're not talking Le'Veon Bell. Let's talk with the big, perhaps the biggest name out there, though, in Carlos Hyde. So, go over Carlos Hyde here, Kagan. What's the like? What's the dislike? What What is Carlos Hyde? Personally, for Carlos Hyde, uh, obviously, I'm a, I'm a Buckeye, Buckeye faithful, Buckeye born and bred. So, Carlos Hyde is obviously my guy. There's a little bit of a dip in production last year. Uh, I know last year, pulling up some stuff right now, obviously not the ideal yards per carry situation, not the ideal yards. He didn't hit 1,000 yards last year. He hasn't hit 1,000 yards the last two years. He's been about 900-something um, uh, the last two seasons. Last year, he only averaged 3.9 yards carry, only had eight touchdowns. So a little bit of uh, just a modest production, nothing too flashy, nothing too crazy. But I do like him as a tandem situation. I think the 49ers were on the right track with him last year, especially getting Matt Brietta, having him as a little bit of a change of pace guy with Hyde. Hyde's obviously a guy, he has a little bit of agility in him, but he's mainly a one-cut guy. He's going to get downhill down the field. So, yeah, I mean, he's an interesting guy. Obviously, yeah, he's the, the top guy of this. I think it's fairly deep, this RBE class, this RB free agency class, I should say. I think there's some uh, mid-tier guys that some teams could definitely look at free agency, but yeah, definitely Hyde. Yeah, he's a guy that's definitely interesting. He leads the pack. Yeah, yeah, I, I actually do really like Carlos Hyde. I don't really know if he's that pure bell cow, 20, 30 carry guy, because again, we, we've seen a lot of injuries these last couple of years with him, so I just don't know if he can really hold on to it. And the Redskins fans, we've seen a lot of guys who come into the, like come into this organization, you know, Rob Kelly, Matt Jones. They have a lot of injury problems, though, when they get here. So I don't know if Carlos Hyde would be the greatest fit. Let's go to another player who, again, has some injury history, but man, he is he dynamic, and it's Deion Lewis. So what's your take on Deion Lewis, Kagan? Yeah, Deion Lewis is definitely an interesting guy, too. Definitely a product of Belichick's offense, um, making his guys dynamic and versatile, throwing them out, different situ- different type of run schemes, putting them out in the slot. Uh, I think his situation is a little bit different than a guy like Carlos Hyde. I think Carlos Hyde can pretty much mesh into any system that's willing just to run the ball down the field, get a little bit of play action in. Lewis is a guy that's probably going to be primarily a third down back, a guy that's going to be more of a threat in the receiving game than the running game, but he obviously... 
has a bit of a little bit of flash and dynamic in the run game. So uh, maybe New England brings him back. I'm not too sure, but he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Especially I know you said not necessarily scheme fit for the Redskins, but I know with Thompson there, it might not be a fit necessarily bringing Deion Lewis in. But man, if you guys had both of those guys in the backfield, it'd be a lot of intrigue and dynamic back there. Yeah. So that was actually my kind of my, my next question for you regarding Lewis was. Do you think, like, an effective offense could be run with, like, Lewis getting 10 to 15 carries a game plus some passing rep snaps, along with Thompson getting maybe, like, 8 to 15 carries a game with some pass rep snaps? Do you think those guys could be, like, a split time, I don't want to say, like, a bell cow, like, together, but, like, a split time back where their totality of their game can kind of equal a bell cow, if you know what I'm saying? Oh, no, yeah, I totally get you. I think in a situation like that, you have two guys are a little bit smaller uh, elusive guys that are going to be dynamic in both the run and the pass game it's just all about creativity creativity in the in the playbook creativity creativity to spread them out in the scheme and formations so yeah i mean i think yeah lewis is a guy that definitely i mean you want to get the ball to your playmakers and lewis is he speaks for himself he's definitely he was definitely a playmaker for new england so yeah i think 10 to 12 touches is appropriate whether it's in the pass game or the run game but yeah i think obviously like like Hyde hides gonna Take a little bit more of the load in the run game, but Lewis is a guy that it's going to he's going to be best in a tandem or maybe even a trio situation like he was in New England with James White and um, Rex Burkhead. Gotcha, gotcha. So let's jump to the last guy that I want to talk about here because again, I don't want to spend this whole podcast talking free agency. Kagan's a big yeah. draft guy. I'm a big draft guy. We want to get into the draft stuff, but let's let's go into one more guy on my list here. Isaiah Crowell, kind of the forgotten man in this class. You know, he, he's had some good years in Cleveland. What do you like about Isaiah Crowell? I personally like Isaiah Crowell. Personally, in Cleveland, I like Duke Johnson. I think Duke Johnson is pretty underutilized yeah, in Cleveland. 100%. I think he's the guy that they need to get more touches on. But, yeah, Crowell has some pretty um, decent production as well. I know last year, he's always been a guy that's averaged about 4.5, a little bit maybe higher in yards per carry. So he's definitely a guy that's going to uh, get you some decent yards. He's a guy that's is a little bit underrated in the pass game as well. I think he's a pretty decent blocker. So he, uh, he's an interesting guy. I know, I can't remember his age off the top of my head, but I think he might be a little bit younger than like Hyde and Lewis. I think, I think he's uh, 26. I think he's only like 25 years old. Yeah, I think he's 25, that, 26. I think Lewis is like 28 and Hyde's kind of like 27, 28 as well. Yeah, off the top of my head though. Off the top of my yeah, head. So he's a little bit, he probably has less mileage on him as in comparison to the other two. And also like some other sleeper guys too, just to touch on briefly, like guys like Orleans Darkwall guys like jet mckinnon those guys all the three of those guys are like 25 years old so if you're in a situation to where you're trying to invest some money in a guy that's going to bring you some little bit of longevity into your offense some guy that's going to bring some durability then yeah maybe one of those guys maybe Crowell, a guy that's a little bit younger can um, fit that need for you yeah i like that you mentioned those other two guys too because i think jet mckinnon might be a little bit out of our price range i think there's gonna be a lot of teams going for him but he is definitely a really intriguing name and he's actually was a really good running back last year so jet mckinnon is very good and orleans dark was actually my number one guy i want the redskins to target in free agency for running backs mainly because if he's not your guy who ends up being a starter say you draft a guy like geis you draft a guy like jones or even draft a guy later in the draft like john kelly again i don't want to spoil all of our all of our running back talk here, but if you t- if you take a guy that you want to start over him, it's fine. He can be that change of pace guy. He can be a good depth running back. So I like Orleans Darkwell. He's not going to cost much. He can be a good depth running back. So Orleans Darkwell is probably my number one free agent I go for. Uh, just kind of out of curiosity, who would if you, this doesn't have to be for the Redskins, just any team in general, who's the number one like running back that you would target in free agency? Not Le'Veon Bell, obviously. Yeah, obviously not Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, his price range, and this, his whole situation in Pittsburgh in general, I don't think 
anyone's going to be able to touch that. But maybe as far as intrigue, I, would, I mean, I love Jet McKinnon. I yeah. love him. Obviously, you said there's going to be a lot of um, teams, a lot of suitors for him. He obviously wants his money. He wants to be um, more of a primary focus on offense. But I just always loved his um, ability to step in. Uh, obviously, when Dalvin Cook went down last year, he had to step in and take in that role. Obviously, Latavius Murray. and the, Latavius Murray, I believe, is also a free agent. Uh, they had to share the bulk of the carries last year. But he's just a guy that, obviously, he's elusive. He's a, he's quick. He's shifty. He's able to be threatened in the receiving game as well. And also, what I love about running backs, and I'll touch on this with my draft guys, is the guys that just don't, they don't take too long in the backfield. They get to point A to point B. They know yeah. their aiming points. They know their destination. And they just take it downhill. And McKinnon, he doesn't necessarily have the size that of a one-cut downhill back. He shows that he's just able to get downhill. He does his thing. He gets his yards. So. He's a guy that I've always really enjoyed, and hopefully he gets paid well-deserved this offseason. Hey, guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line or – could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, Dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Yeah, man, definitely, and I think he will because I think he really is deserving of that. So let's kind of transition now into some draft talk. Now, just enlighten me, humor me a little bit here. How many running backs have you graded so far for the 2018 NFL Draft? So far, I would say I'm still working on some middle tier guys that I'm trying to figure out where exactly their draft position are in that in that middle rounds. But I would say probably about 25 guys right now. But altogether, I'll have about 30, 35 guys for the upcoming draft. Nice, nice. So as a as a person who's just grading this this mass quantity of running backs here, overall, would you say great class, good class, back? Like, what would you say overall about this class? Oh yeah, yeah, I think you. You said quantity. That's the perfect quantity and quality. I think it's a great combination of both with this class. Um, there's a and also I know people talk about. Obviously, we'll talk about Saquon Barkley in a second. But Barkley is the guy that people are like, and the debate goes on every year whether it's Todd Gurley or whether it's yeah. um, last or a couple years ago with Ezekiel Elliott. I'm sorry, or last year with Leonard Fournette. People are like, what's the point of taking a running back in the top five or top ten? But I mean, obviously, I think Saquon. He's a guy that you just can't pass up if you're in the top ten. But there's so many guys like guys like Ronald Jones, guys like uh, Sonny Michelle. I don't want to get too ahead of myself because we're going to talk about some of these guys in a second. But guys like in the, that middle tier that you're going to be able to find between rounds two and four that you can feel comfortable and be like, hey, let's go for um, best player available situation or let's go for more of a defensive need in the first round. And you can feel comfortable in that day two or beginning part of day three and still pick up your guy that um, is going to bring you some production next year. And also just to talk about real quick, the guys last year that really stood out, Guys like Cream Hunt, guys like Alvin Kamara, even guys late in the season like Marlon Mack and Elijah McGuire. 
those guys all went about the two, three, five round range. So, yeah, there's definitely not a rush to pick up a running back early in the draft just because there's so much quantity and quality in this upcoming draft class. So it's a great class. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, I, you said it perfectly there. And you know, Redskins fans, it is great is a great class to take your running back in like round three. So, oh wait, we don't have a third round pick. Never mind. So we're not going to take a running back round three. But anyway, let's let's jump into Kagan's top five rankings here at the running back position. I know he already mentioned Barkley. Is Barkley your number one guy, Kagan? Yeah, Barkley is definitely my number one guy. He was honestly my top overall prospect for a while, but obviously there's some concerns about him um, initiating contact. There's um, some things about him kind of tiptoeing into his holes in the line of scrimmage or breaking through into the second level. So he's not my top overall prospect anymore because obviously, I mean, every prospect has his um, things that he can refine, but Saquon's a little bit more evident in his 2017 film than in previous films. So, but he's, yeah, he's still my uh, RB1. He's still the most well-rounded back, I think, in the class. I still think he's a, a rare talent as a runner. I know a lot of people, they prefer guys like Ronald Jones or Geis, but I think he's still a guy that he's gonna. You're gonna give him 20, 25 touches or 25, 20, 20 or twenty five carries a game. I'm sorry, and he's still gonna uh, get you around hundred yards a game. He's a guy that he's gonna get you thirty touches a game because you can pass him the ball five or six times in the receiving game. He's gonna pick up things as a check down or as a screen player. And I think he's a great blocker as well. He has a great base. He's able to get inside hands. He has a great punch. So as, as a, all three facets of the game, whether it's as a runner, as a receiver, or as a blocker, and he's just, I think he's intelligent too. Obviously, there's some questions with his ability to hit holes right away, but I think he's going to be a guy that's – I think people shouldn't over, overthink him too much. I think he just has natural talent. So, yeah, he's my RB1, no doubt. Yeah, I, I love everything you said about Barkley. And, again, I want to clarify this for the first time You know, in my – you know, speaking about it, because I know a lot of you guys have heard me say it on like Twitter and on social media and through articles saying Barkley is not my number one running back. I'm not saying he's not a top 10 player. I'm not saying he's not a top seven player. I love Saquon Barkley. I think you plug, if he fell to the Redskins, I would scream if the Redskins didn't take him. He's that good of a player. He's going to be a star in the NFL. I don't have any question about that. My big thing is it comes down to those little things that Kagan said. It's it's the vision problems, the tiptoeing. It's it's the is he going to run through contact or is he going to crumble when he gets to contact? That's my only thing. It's it's a big style preference, and I prefer kind of the hard nosed gritty type player when it comes to a running back compared to a tiptoeing type of player. You know, we kind of saw it with Matt Jones. Again, I'm not comparing Saquon Barkley to Matt Jones. Obviously, Saquon Barkley is a thousand times better than Matt Jones, but Jones was a bigger back, a guy who's like 230, just like Barkley who liked to tiptoe, he liked to avoid contact, he liked to not find the hole, and we saw how that worked in Washington. So I'm just kind of hesitant when it comes to running backs like that. But again, Barkley, if anyone had him as their number one overall player, I'm fine. If someone had him as their number one running back, I'm fine. I love Saquon Barkley. He's a top 10 player for me. It's just I see those flaws there. Uh, you have anything to add on there, Kagan? Yeah, really quick before I jump into my RB2 and so forth. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's all about preference with your yeah. running backs. I know for me, I like a guy. The three things I look for in a running back, it's going to be vision. Are you able to see what's in front of you? And then it's going to be balance. Are you able to get through what's in front of you? And then lastly, it's burst. Yeah. Are you able to strike through holes, strike through your aiming points, your vertical lanes, and get into the second level and get your yards up to contact or so forth. So with me, obviously there's a little bit of vision issues and a little bit of initial burst issues with Barkley. But I've just seen so many times where his natural ability just trumps that. Mm-hmm. So where for me, it's a preference. But obviously, there's a guy like Geis. And if you're a guy, like you said, you're a guy that's a little bit of a, just a downhill guy, a little bit of a bruiser. 
you're going to prefer guys. If you're a guy that just likes one cutbacks, Ronald Jones might be your guy. So, yeah, so I think it's all about preference. And like you said, um, Saquon is a top 10 player for you. Ronald Jones, Darius Geis, and Saquon Barkley, they, it's interchangeable between those three. But I think they're both top 15. For me, the top 15 players, but consensus, they should be top 20 players, no doubt, in first-round talents. Yeah, 100%. And just the, the how it, kind of how you mentioned your top three traits, my top three traits when evaluating running back. One is always contact balance because I think that's the number one uh, transferable trait to the NFL. Vision is a, is pretty close second because, again, you can't do anything as a running back without vision. And then how you finish runs is also my is my third biggest. So that's kind of where my Geis over Barkley take comes in. But is Geis your number two running back or is it Ronald Jones? It actually is Ronald Jones. Gotcha. Yeah, Ronald Jones. I've been advocating RB2 for Ronald Jones since the beginning of the 2017 season. Uh, and like like I said, it's uh, all about preference for me. And mm-hmm. I think the next best person for all three of those traits is Ronald Jones just because yeah. he's a guy that, first of all, I think he was criminally underutilized yes. at USC. There was a lot of things. These a lot of, a lot of um, outside zones, RPO type stuff that, mm-hmm. I mean, he's a, he's a one cut back. Uh, comparison that I have for him, I don't want to spoil too many comparisons that i have for my running backs but i know a lot of people like the jamal charles comparison i went a little bit outside the box and i have a tiki barber comparison nice just because yeah they're they're about the same height and weight about 5 10 5 11 they're going to be about 200 pounds flat but with tiki barber um if anyone remembers him he's a guy that um he wasn't overall too flashy wasn't gonna be on too many too many highlight reels but he's a guy that he had, had his um go in mind as soon as he touched the ball in every carry he was a one-cut guy. He had some great vision. He was able to get upfield and get his yards. And that's what I see with Ronald Jones. Obviously, Jamal Charles is a great comparison as well. But yeah, he's just a guy I love his vision. His vision is so key. He's able to press the line of scrimmage so well. Yes. He has amazing agility and jump cut ability. And yeah, he's a guy that I think that you put him in his own blocking scheme, which is obviously that's taking over in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You put him in that ZBS, and he's just going. He's going to once he gets his wheels turning in the game, he's going to be hard to stop. So yeah, Ronald Jones RB two for me. Yeah, 100% agree with everything you said there, and I love that you mentioned the zone blocking scheme because, again, when I was watching his tape the other night when I was preparing for for kind of this week of podcast because I kind of had a, a sense in mind who I was going to try to invite on, I, I mean, they were just sending him up the middle on these pistol runs, these RPOs on, like, dive plays up the middle, and that's not Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is the guy, get him on the edge, get him reading blocks, give him those cutback lanes, and he's going to be a star. And Redskins fans, I love Darius Geis for this team, I love Saquon Barkley for this team, but Ronald Jones is the best fit for the Redskins because... He knows how to run his own blocking scheme. The Redskins love to use their offensive linemen in space, and Ronald Jones would be excellent at that. He knows how to read those blocks. He'd be great in his own blocking scheme. But let's move on to your RB3 now. Is Darius Geis your RB3 now, or are we going to keep dropping with Darius Geis? Oh, no, no. I know a lot of people, but bigger name consensus is that Geis might not be a first-round pick. But no, I think that's way too much of an over-evaluation of him. So, yeah, so Darius Geis is my RB3. Like you mentioned with him a little, um, yeah, I mentioned before, Guys is just a guy, he's a bruiser. He's going to be able to get downhill. He doesn't waste too much time in the backfield. He hits his holes right away, and he's going to be a guy that's going to get a lot of yards after contact. Like you said, he finishes runs. He's a very powerful runner. And a lot of people, there's some people tend to, I hate to say make up or assume certain things about guys, but like certain things like with him in the receiving game, people yes. assume that since he wasn't a, a main emphasis in the receiving game, like they didn't have a lot of, uh, he wasn't a priority in 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 the receiving game that at LSU, people are like, oh, well, guys can't catch the ball. No, that's not the case. And I'm not saying that I'm going to make a comparison just from that aspect. A lot of people said that about Melvin Gordon as well, Wisconsin. Yeah. 
because mm-hmm. Wisconsin was a team that they ran a lot of power and they ran a lot of um, pro style I formation just downhill. And there wasn't a lot of situation where they needed to run a screen or they need, needed to run a little swing pass or checkdowns and stuff like that. So people were like, oh, can Melvin Gordon catch the ball? And Melvin Gordon has proved in San and excuse me, in Los Angeles. And also, if anybody had him in PPR, obviously, he <laughs> was one of the best PPR running backs this year. And yeah, Melvin Gordon was a guy that he uh, proved those doubters wrong as far as him as a receiver and proved that he's a complete back as well. And I think that Darius guy, um, there's going to be some questions with him at the Combine. I think he might have a Dalvin Cook type of performance. He might underwhelm a little bit in the 40 and other times, which might cause him a little bit of a drop into the late first or early second, which is understandable because if someone is able to pick up uh, more of a need in the first round and pick up guys maybe trade up in the, late in the first or pick them up in the early second round, that's an incredible draft haul to start. So, yeah, guys, I RB. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, I love that you mentioned the past game stuff because people are just blown that out of proportion. I mean, I I think I heard this. I, he had like, what, 19 catches, 20 catches in a career? It wasn't that many catches in his yeah, career. Exactly. But, I mean, when you watch him actually in the pass game, you watch him run routes, it's not like he's inept at it. He knows how to run routes. When the ball's thrown his way, he has soft hands. He knows how to move in space. He's not a poor route runner. And I think that's another reason why I have him over Barkley. I think the gap between them as players in the passing game isn't as big as the gap between them in running styles. And that's why I have Geis as my RB1. But, again, people will disagree. People will say Geis can't catch just because of the stats, but whatever. So let's jump to your RB4 now. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna guess John Kelly. Is he RB four or is it or is it someone else? No, it's actually not John Kelly. John Kelly, I'm a little bit lower on. Oh, okay. But uh, my RB four is actually Mark Walton. Yeah, he was my second guess. He was my second guess. Yeah, I know you personally heard me hype about Mark Walton on Twitter. (laughs) And yeah, just in general, if anybody follows me on Twitter at seeing the draft, Mark Walton is a guy that I've been campaigning, advocating for since pretty much the jump of the season. He's a little bit underrated, a little bit under the radar, just because. He did end his 2017 season early with an ankle injury, had ankle surgery. Mm-hmm. But he's all uh, medical is clear for him. He's 100% ready to go at the combine. He's going to participate in all drills. And yeah, he's a guy that you watch his film. He's just explosive. He's um, quick twitch. He's really um, he has great instincts and uh, zone block scheme. He hits his holes right away. He knows his aiming points. Like I said, with that vertical wall, he knows he knows how to properly hit vertical walls, and he's able to get um, downfield and. I think also it's going to be between probably him and Naeem Hines for okay. not only for fastest 40, but also just as um, dynamic receivers in the passing game. There are guys that not only can you put him in swing passes or screens, you guys can put him on little option routes. You can put him on squirrel routes. Just some, and you can maybe even put him in the slot too. There's so much dynamic with those guys, um, not only as running backs, but as receivers as well. So my big question is, is Walton able to kind of carry the load though? Do you think he can be – like a team starting running back, or do you think he has to be like kind of a change of pace, third down type back? No, I believe so. I believe that. And um, at Miami, he was a guy that he shared a little bit um, in the beginning of the season. Obviously, he had a, some nagging injuries in the beginning of the season. And obviously, durability is going to be a concern. He's a little bit 
I'm undersized compared to Saquon Geis and, and Rojo, but he's a guy that um, he shared a little bit with Travis Homer, and Travis Homer is going to be a guy down the road that's going to be an amazing running back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think he's um, someone that he's going to be able to carry the um, the ball 20 times a game, and he's just, and the thing about Walton too is that he has incredible balance in that he's able to absorb contact really well. Yeah. And for being a smaller guy, that's going to be huge for him. And that he's going to be able to take that contact. He's going to be able to pop back up. He's going to be able to keep running throughout the course of a game. So, I, yeah, I, I know people are going to say that. There's a little bit of a undersized concern with him. So people might think that he's just going to be strictly a third-down guy or a change-of-pace guy. But I think he's able to be top guy coming out of the gate. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I really like Mark Walton. I think he is my RB7 right now. I think I just have Kelly, Michelle, and Hines all above him. But who who's your RB5? Is it either Hines or Michelle? Um, it's actually neither. It's oh. actually Nick Chubb. Yeah, uh, uh, it's Chubb. really close between Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. But I love both of those guys. That two back tandem at Georgia was some of the best piece of running that I've seen. I mean, at least in my time, but maybe just ever. They were just so they were so fun to watch for the Bulldogs. But yeah, I, I go back and forth with them. Uh, one week during the season, I had Michelle. Another week, I had Chubb. But just because I had Chubb, just because I think well, going back and watching his uh, 2017 film. And I know early on in his career, people are like, oh, this guy's this guy's going to be the next great back. He's going to be the next great Georgia back. He's going to be a top prospect. And obviously, he had his injuries. And he came a little bit back to earth a little bit as far as his game. But he's just a guy that I came back and watched his film. And the top concern with Nick Chubb is like, oh, he's just a bruiser back. Or he's a guy that he doesn't have much agility. He doesn't bring much in the past game. He's just more of a – he's just a one-dimensional back. But I went back and watched his film. And that's not the case at all. He's a guy that I personally, what I've seen is a guy, he brings a lot of agility. He's a guy that's able to attack outside aiming points. And he's able to swivel his hips back inside and he's able to see the vision. He's able to um, redirect himself really smoothly and get down the field. And obviously he's a guy that he has a big frame as well. So he's able to absorb top contact. He's going to be able to take guys down the field with him and pick up those extra three or four yards after um, initial contact. So he's a guy, too, that, I mean, obviously durability is a concern with him. But I think, yeah, you put him in a, a pro-style situation, I think he's going to thrive in just a regular pro-style offense. He's a guy you used to let him run down the field, put him in some power situations or the power toss. I know the power toss is something that he excelled at while at Georgia. Mm-hmm. You put him in those situations, you let him, you give him a little bit of space, and he just he's going to be able to have the vision. He's going to be able to work his way up the field. Yeah, definitely, man. I do love Chubb. He is definitely a top 10 running back in this class, and I would almost guarantee out of all the running backs in this class, who's going to be in the NFL 10 years from now or 8 years from now, it's going to be Chubb. You know, Barkley has the chance of busting. Guys has a chance of busting, but I don't think Chubb does. I think Chubb always will have a role in the NFL. I think he's going to be in the NFL. I really like uh, Nick Chubb, but that'll round out your top five there. So again, it was, let me try to get off the top of my head again, Barkley, Geis, Rojo, Walton, Chubb, right? Yeah, just uh, switching... Ronald Jones and Geis. Oh, my fault. Yeah, my fault. Yeah, See, that's definitely right. Yeah, it's going to be Saquon, Ronald Jones, Geis, Mark Walton, and Nick Chubb. But I don't want to leave out Sonny Michelle, too. Sonny yeah. Michelle, I know he's a consensus top five guy for most people. He's right. I mean, it, it could change maybe after the combine if Michelle has a good performance. So maybe like a T5 for Chubb and Michelle. But right now, I have Chubb as my fifth guy. Awesome, man. Awesome. So before we call the show here, because I know we're getting a little late on time here, let's go through some sleepers here at the running back position. Because... You know, honestly, Redskins fans, it does sound great to draft one of these guys, you know, first, second round, but 
realistically, we're looking at a Redskins team that likes to take running backs late. So fourth, fifth, sixth round. And honestly, we found a lot of success doing that like across the league these last couple of years. Jordan Howard, I think, was a fourth round pick. Elijah McGuire, like you said last year, was a fifth round pick. And I think uh, there was there's a couple other guys. who were, I think uh, Tariq Cohen was like a fifth or sixth round pick. So a lot of productive running backs are going in this fourth, fifth, sixth round. So give me a guy or two in those rounds there that you really love, Kagan. Okay, so I'm going to give you a guy that's a little bit of a smaller school guy, and then I'm going to give you a guy that he's actually plays in the SEC. He's mm. so underrated. I know who you're going with. I know who you're going with. But <laughs> yeah, you, you already know. We've talked about him on Twitter. But the first guy I'm going to talk about, uh, he started off at a big school, but he had a transfer. He transferred um, later on in his career, Rock. and that's Rock Johnson out of Jacksonville State. He's a guy that played um, at Jacksonville State in the FCS, and he had an incredible um, last season there. And he's a guy that he's a little bit undersized as well. Um, when I watch his film, I see a lot of Duke Johnson in his game. He's a guy that's about 5'9", 190 pounds. So he might not be initially a guy that's going to be a um, bell cow guy, a guy that's going to get you a lot of carries per game. But he's a guy that you can implement. And again, going off of finding creativity in your offensive scheme, he's a guy that you bring him in as a change of pace guy. You got your, got your downhill thumper. He's a guy that I love his vision as well. I love his agility, and I love his balance, too. If you guys ever have a chance to walk, watch Rock Johnson film, he has the most killer B-button spin move <laughs> that I've probably ever seen in a running back prospect. He is able to get in the second level, and he's pretty much going full speed. And he gets that foot in the ground, he flips hips around, and he's able to make a guy miss. So that's a guy for my smaller school guy. I have him as about a fourth-round pick. I think guys, and this is really quick, too, guys like uh, Rock Johnson, guys like Naeem Hines, and guys maybe like... um. Maybe not Ido Smith, because I know he missed the combine. And even guys like John Kelly, too. Those are guys that, since they bring a little bit of intrigue in both the pass game and the run game, since that's such a point of emphasis in the NFL, those are guys that are probably going to go a little bit higher than most people expect. So watch out probably about that third round, maybe early fourth round for guys like that. And then really quick for my big school guy, and you know who I'm going to talk about right now, and that's Jordan Wilkins from um, Mississippi. And Jordan Wilkins is a guy that... He has a weird situation during his career. His junior year, he had a pretty decent sophomore year, but his junior year, he was academically ineligible. It was a situation there to where um, he didn't take enough course hours that our student-athletes are required to, so that's why he missed his junior season. But he came back with a senior season in a vengeance. And the first game I posted of him on Twitter was against Vanderbilt, and I had people saying, oh, it's just Vanderbilt. He's not doing too much. It's just, just a, a lower SEC team. <laughs> Like, you go back and watch his whole film, he's tearing up guys like LSU's defense. He's tearing up Al- Alabama was his film for that. I, I watched it twice, actually, just because it was so much fun <laughs> to watch him against Alabama, making guys like Rashawn Evans and Mika Fitzpatrick. And even De'Ron Payne, he, um, De'Ron Payne got him in the backfield, and Jordan Wilk was able to churn his body and pick up four yards um, off of De'Ron Payne. And he's just a guy that he brings everything. He's a guy that's um, he has a lot of power in his game. He's a guy that... And I, I love this in a running back, and you don't see it enough. I know um, I make this comparison to uh, Roger Craig because Roger Craig was one of the best running backs ever yards after contact because he had that high knee drive. And you can see that in Jordan Wilkins' film too. He's a guy that he gets contact. He doesn't like, he just keeps his legs turning. Pop, 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 he just does it nonstop. So that's why he's able to pick up that yards after contact. He's a guy that has great balance. He's able to – a guy hits him. He absorbs that contact and bounces off of him. And he has some great long speed too. I expect him to probably run about – High four four, maybe low four five, at the combine. So he's a guy that's criminally underrated right now, just because he had that lack of production while at Ole Miss. But he's a guy that I think he's going to blow up the combine. 
And people, once he's at the comic, people are going to go back and watch this film more and realize that we're just totally sleeping on this guy. So small school guy, Rock Thomas, and bigger school guy, SEC guy, Jordan Wilkins out of Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah. And again, it was Rock Thomas. I think you kind of got a little mixed up with Duke Johnson and, and Rock Thomas there oh, early yeah. on. But yeah. Rock, yeah. Excuse me. Rock Thomas, Jacksonville State. I love Rock Thomas. It was actually, because you guys know on this podcast, I'm a huge fan of Jacksonville State players. Apparently, that's becoming a thing. I'm a huge Jacksonville State supporter on here. We've had Jonathan Hagler on here for an interview, and I've been talking up Saran Neal, and I actually have his interview up on here, too. So, who knows? Rock Thomas, if you're listening, maybe you want to come on and get an interview as well. So, we're all <laughs> we're all getting everybody on here. But, again, Rock Thomas, I love this guy. He was popping so much in watching Jacksonville State film this year, and I, I, he actually doesn't look like a smaller back when you watch him. He plays like he's a bigger back. He runs through contact, and like you said, his spin move is amazing. So I'm a huge fan of Rock Thomas. Wherever he goes, I'm going to be a big fan. Hopefully he lands in a Redskins uniform as like a utility guy. And I, Jordan Wilkins, I have no clue why people aren't high on him. I've watched some of his film uh, ma- mainly off of your recommendation because I haven't even heard of him. And, you know, the vision's there, the speed's there, the burst is there. He's kind of like an upright runner, but it's not like a, an unhealthy type of upright. You know, it's not like a Karrion Johnson upright where it's like yeah, he's going to exactly. absorb a lot of hits. Kind of like a, it's like an upright just because that's the way he, it's kind of like it's Marco Murray, the way that Murray kind of runs upright, but it's not I, like. I, I love that comparison. I didn't mean yeah. to interrupt you, but I love no. that comparison that you yeah. made because, and I actually, I think I tweeted out a video too that there was a video of Murray while, um, during the, with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And they just have, yeah, this that suddenness in their running ability and yeah, their ability to change direction. But they're still they're still powerful guys, you know, and they're able to finish the run so well. And yeah, just that comparison is great. And I think Murray was a guy that he only he went like in the third round, fourth round. He was a little bit underrated in his own regard at Oklahoma. So yeah, um, yeah. Sorry to throw you off sidetrack, no. but Jordan no. Wilkins is. I, I want everyone to pay attention to him. <laughs> if you don't pay attention to him now. He's going to blow up his rookie season or his second season. People are going to be like, how do we miss this guy? Much like Alvin Kamara last year, people were like, how do we miss on him? He was like my RB8 or something, and he just totally blew everybody out the water this year. So, Yeah, no, I mean, there's always guys like that. I mean, luckily I was able to hit on Kamara, so I look a lot smarter. Kamara was actually my <laughs> my 24th overall player, I think, last year. And, and I remember uh, I, there's a lot of tweets I had banging the table for the Redskins to take him the second round over Ryan Anderson, which is looking way better and better every single day with Anderson not playing and Kamara looking amazing but anyway I, I digress here obviously because I'm done hyping myself up Jordan Wilkins I, I again I really like him the upright style doesn't really concern me because he does it with enough speed and fluidity where I'm not concerned about his durability as a result you know Karrion Johnson is the type of guy where he runs upright but he he does it with like no burst with a lot of hesitation so I'm scared he's going to take a lot of those body hits Wilkins when he finds a hole he hits it and he has the elusiveness and the agility to actually beat guys in the hole as well. So I'm a huge fan of Wilkins. I don't know why he's not rated higher by a lot of people. I think he's my RB9. Where What RB is he for uh, you right now? Where is he in your rankings? Let's see. I'm going to pull this up right now. I believe he, he might be RB9. Actually, no, RB10. RB10, nice. So RB10 right now, that's right now probably about a third-round grade. Because mm-hmm. there's another a couple of guys like um, Ido Smith I'm really high on. Naeem Hines, I'm really high on. Yeah, Hines, he's I have right higher. There. He's right there on the edge with Philip Lindsay. I have a lot of concerns, obviously, with Philip Lindsay's size, but he's a guy. If you guys watch, Philip Lindsay's another sleeper too. If yeah. you guys watch him, he doesn't run like a five six guy. He runs like a <laughs> six foot guy, a six foot two fifteen guy. He has so much power and suddenness and um, like fluidity, like you said, in his running style too. But yeah, he's a um, Wilkins. He should be a top ten guy for a lot of people. So hopefully, people are able to jump on the hype train before it's too late. Yeah, 100%. I love Wilkins. I love Rock Thomas. And Philip Lindsay, again, that's, that's another good name to throw out there because he's small, but he does not play that way. But 
Anyway, guys, if you want to find more in-depth running back analysis, please go follow Kagan on Twitter at Seeing the Draft. I mean, he does some great stuff with running backs. He posts gift threads. He posts uh, videos all the time on running backs. I've learned a lot from those running back videos, and that's one of the big reasons why I invited him on today because he, he knows his stuff when it comes to running backs, guys. So please go give him a follow. Uh, Kagan, you have any uh, final words before we call the show here? Uh, no, yeah. Um, like Zach said, you guys can get me on uh, Seeing the Draft on Twitter. But, yeah, um, I appreciate you having me on, Zach. I know um, you and I, we have some good stuff coming up on Breaking Football. You guys keep in that mind. You keep us in mind as the draft season rolls along. We have a lot of great guys with a lot of great content coming out. But, yeah, I'm just looking forward to talking more draft as it comes closer. And, yeah, hopefully the Redskins are able to dip into this deep pool of running backs and find their guy this season. 100%, man, 100%. So, guys, again, thank you for tuning in. It was a great show here. My name is Zach Hicks, as always, your host. You can find my work on Breaking Football and the Breaking Draft Podcast. I will catch you guys tomorrow with Mike Peterson of Breaking the, of Breaking Football. Again, more Breaking Football, guys. These guys are geniuses. So, Mike Peterson of Breaking Football. We're going to talk some guard prospects because, again, that is a huge need for the Redskins. So, guys, be sure to tune in tomorrow to the Locked On Redskins podcast for some in-depth offensive guard breakdowns. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.